Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 76, and I'm talking with Shannon Brassavin. Shannon is a yoga instructor. She owns a studio here in Indianapolis. She also owns a CrossFit gym with her husband and their business partners. Shannon's from Birmingham, Alabama. She is funny. She is kind. She is insightful. She has all kinds of great things to say in this episode. We talk about family. We talk about owning a business, starting a business. We talk about God. We go a little bit of everywhere in this episode. And one of my favorite things that Shannon says in the episode is that easy does not equal happiness. I think if I took anything from this conversation, that would probably be the number one takeaway for me. And I loved it so much. I was honored to sit in her studio and talk to her about important things. And I will say the episode, guys, it's a little bit echoey because we are in a big gym. We're like kind of in a big garage studio. So give it a couple minutes and you'll get used to the sound. It won't be that big of a deal. Before we get started talking with Shannon, I want to shout out Kind Snacks on this episode. You know I love a kind bar. Kind Snacks are made in the United States. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. They use high-quality, nutrient-dense, whole ingredients like whole nuts and whole grains. Their snacks are gluten-free, low-sodium, no sugar alcohols are used, and they're made without genetically modified ingredients. Hey, you guys, the promo that I've been doing with them has changed a little bit. So the new URL is kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. And for $5.99, all you're paying for is shipping. You can get a sample box of 10 Kind Snacks delivered to your front door. So that's kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. And all you have to do is pay for shipping. And one more thing I want to mention to you guys before we start talking with Shannon is the 500 Festival Mini Mini. My family loves the 500 Festival Mini Marathon. It's every May here downtown Indianapolis, and it brings thousands upon thousands of people to our city. The Mini Mini is Sunday, September 17th, and it's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's specific to kids ages 5 through 12. Marshall's going to be running it this year. It's going to be his second official race. He also did the rookie run earlier this year, and I'm going to have to tame myself because I was a crazy mom screaming for my kid to run faster, and he's five years old. (laughs) But if you do want to do it, you guys, you guys can go to IndieMini.com and use the code ANOTHER17 to get $3 off your registration. So that'll just be $12 for the registration for your kiddo. And it's so much fun. And obviously, running at the Motor Speedway is a really cool experience. So that's IndieMini.com and use the code ANOTHER17. All right, guys, if you're loving the show, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find the show. If you're looking for more content from me, head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Hine. There's two bonus episodes a month if you support at the $5 level and one bonus episode a month if you support at the $3 level. I typically do an episode with a returning guest and then an episode with my husband, Glenn. And the cool thing that Patreon is doing now is you can get that directly to your podcast app. So basically it's like you just have two all have another podcasts on your podcast app. You have the regular one and then you have the bonus episode one where you get two episodes a month. All right guys, that's all I have for you right now. Enjoy my conversation with Shannon. Okay, so we are here downtown Indianapolis talking to Shannon Brassovin. Hello. Hi. Um, Cindy Morse. Okay, yes, I was like, what? I'm not going to say her name right. Cindy introduced us via email after listening to, she must have listened to Samantha Smith's episode, or maybe Maggie's, I don't know, somebody local here. Yeah, well, we're all close friends, Maggie and Cindy, so probably Maggie's, but... Yeah, yeah. so um, it's always funny when someone listens to it the first time, because Cindy, because Maggie was later episode, and Cindy's like... So I'm just going to tell you, I just listened to your podcast for the very first time. <laughs> like she's seen me post about it 5,000 times, but she was like, it was so good. And I have a couple people I'd love to introduce you to. Yeah. So we've been kind of figure, trying to figure out this interview for a couple weeks and got, I'm in your studio. I'm at, I'm it, I'm at CrossFit nap time, you guys in the, We're in the yoga, yoga studio. We're CrossFit right now. Yeah. <laughs> We are in we are in pigeon pose as we speak, yeah. and I said that because that's like the only yoga pose I know the terminology for. Well, the good news is we won't be in that for an hour because you would literally never speak to me again if you did that. So. 
What is pigeon? Pigeon is a hip opener, and um, it's like 50-50. You either like are seriously addicted to it, or you truly hate the pose. I think I love it. Don't you like bend your front knee and like lean yeah. forward? It's like this. Okay. You're, you're laying on the ground. Okay. On your leg. All right. I do love that pose. Yeah. Not for a full hour, but I love that pose. Um, okay, so Shannon, tell me about your life. You grew up in Birmingham. Yeah, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, so Southerner, born and raised. Um, and I have lovely parents. They're both doctors. I have two older brothers, also doctors, so come from a very medical family. And uh, most, all of them still live in the South. And I uh, grew up, I was a dancer and a singer and a performer. Um, got on scholarship to go to school in Pittsburgh at a conservatory went to conservatory there and um, knew that I didn't actually want to dance, but being completely honest, I was really good at what I did. So I graduated and then moved to Chicago to try and just keep burning the fire basically. And it didn't work out. And um, throughout college, I'd gotten into yoga and I got hired on a job. It's a musical called Million Dollar Baby or Million Dollar Quartet, Million Dollar Baby is the boxer film. I know. <laughs> What's the actress in that? Um, oh, Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank. Yes. Yeah. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I got cast in that and the first day of rehearsals, I quit and uh, got a job with Lululemon and started working for Lululemon and, and I could keep going. Um, if you want me to. Or... Well, I will say to all that, your email response to me, I was like, oh, I don't even need to prep for this interview because she just <laughs> gave me everything I need. And she, you had so much charisma in just your email. I was like, this is going to be such an easy interview. Um, but a couple follow-up things on all that. I've been to Birmingham once. Oh, really? Yes. My husband ran the Birmingham Marathon or Mercedes Marathon. Yeah, yeah Mercedes Marathon. I think it's sure. in February. Yep. So he ran that when I was five months pregnant with my first. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he broke three hours for the first time in the marathon. That was like a huge deal. But it was so unseasonably cold that year. Yeah. I mean, it was. It must have been 2011, 2012. It was the winter of 2012 in February. And I mean, I had on like my full down coat, like winter mittens, everything. And we're in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. It was crazy. Um, and it was super hilly course. Yeah, I was about I to say, the course is really hilly. Mountain Brook is where I grew up. Yeah. And I used to be a runner as well. Okay. So I ran, I ran in Mountain Brook and then I ran in Pittsburgh, which is incredibly hilly. And then I, you know, lived in Chicago, ran the Chicago Marathon. Which okay. Is, there's, there's a, Flat as can a be. tiny hill at, at the very end. Right. And I was in like the best shape because I ran hills uh -huh. my whole life. So then I get to a flat say, I'm like, well, this is, this is yeah. fine. I can do this. How many marathons have you ran? Uh, so I just ran the Chicago. Okay. I actually ran it without training. I ran for a really long time and then took a couple years off and then just decided to like, I'm going to run a marathon. Just going to jump in here. LOL. And, <laughs> you know, haven't since. So <laughs> that's good. So Lululemon. Lululemon, yep. Um, I've also interviewed another ex-Lululemon around Lemon. this podcast, Jackie Carr. Yes, you know Jackie and I are, yes, we go OGs. We go way back. Are you serious? Yeah. You have to find her episode. Yes, I, I had no idea. Did you interview her here when she was in India? Um, no, so long story short, Jackie and I met in college. Okay. We worked together at the same restaurant that I met my husband. And the summer I met my husband, she was like his roommate with a bunch of people. And so she was kind of like sort of connected us in a way. That is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She and I worked together when the market was pretty new for Chicago. So we were, we were opening a bunch of stores at the okay. time. So she and I did a bunch of community events together and then she blew up and, and is now doing, yeah, doing her own thing. Everything. I know I want to go to one of those retreats. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I at some point amazing. in my life, I'm going to make it happen. Um, okay. So Lululemon experience, how long were you there? Um, I think it was, I think I was there for three or four years. Um, it felt like a lot longer cause it was like my first real job that wasn't mm -hmm. performing, but I think three or four years. And then what made you leave? So we, so my, I met my husband in Chicago and okay. How'd you meet? Cause that's always like, I love hearing these stories. Yeah. So the market was fairly new in Chicago. Um, and I graduated college in 2009, so would have been, I was hired in 2009. So I met my husband, I think a year after that, and like even CrossFit wasn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. Like there's a box on every corner. Um, so it was a big deal for us to like be in the community a lot. And I was young and fit. <laughs> so 
I went to like a yoga class in the morning and a CrossFit class at night. And um, I walk into this one CrossFit class and my husband was standing in the middle of the room and I was with my best guy friend. I was like, that is the man I'm going to marry. Stop. And then he... I just like got chills. That's (laughs) that is like not real life. It was pretty weird. And and my dear friend that was with me was like, "Uh, "No, honey, he plays for my team." And so then we had like a a (laughs) small arm wrestle, and then uh, it was a partner warm up. So I like legit elbowed my friend in the face and was like, "My getting him a partner." (laughs) And then they were doing um, you do a push up and you high five the person across from you, and I saddled up next to him. Was like, "Hey." Do you want to be my partner? (laughs) And I called my mom after that, and she said she knew by the sound of my voice that I was going to marry him. Now, was he, like, how did it escalate to that? Because did he know girlfriend was into him? To be honest, my husband was a little oblivious, and also... um, And how old were you guys at this point? We were, I probably was like 22, well... 23, I'm 30 now. We've been together seven years. So, about okay. 23. Um, so, we, he was not, he was not uh, aware of the signs. He was not <laughs> getting it. And even on our third date, he introduced me as Stephanie instead of Shannon to all of his friends. Um, but, but he caught on. <laughs> he caught on. And then he actually ended up moving in with me um, without telling me, just like showed up with all his bags Stop. and that kind of like sealed the deal. So, <laughs> Oh my yeah, gosh. He, um, but I, he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet and he has the cutest ears on the planet. And mm. the second I saw him, I knew like, I'm very persuasive and this is you, happening. You will want to marry. <laughs> this is going to happen. And for everybody listening, so I met your husband, I think two summers ago when the running store I worked for partner with Naptown, CrossFit Naptown to do the Strength in Our Streets mm-hmm. event. But then this summer, this is so random, after Cindy connected us via email, I saw your husband at the pool. I had my kids there mm-hmm. and he had your daughter. And I looked at him and I was like, that guy looks so familiar, but I can't figure it out. And somehow I figured out, I don't, oh, I know how I figured it out. I had Facebook stalked you. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. After, after uh, Cindy connected us. So I knew that you were connected with CrossFit Naptown and I'd seen him in your pictures. And I was like, okay, this oh, is all coming together. Like, and I met him two years ago, so then we talked for a little bit. And he was so cute with your daughter. Yeah. And he was just like, dad. just the two of them were there, like, mm-hmm. doing their thing. It was adorable. Yeah, he's a, really, he's a really good person, and he's a really good dad. So I chose really well. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. So you guys moved from Chicago to Indy to actually open... A CrossFit gym. Yeah, so that was when I I transferred with Lululemon down here. Um, the girl that opened the store here, Chelsea Pip, and I were good friends in Chicago, so I transferred into her store right as they opened, and uh, we at the same time opened CrossFit Naptown at our current downtown location. So you and your husband, Peter? Peter. Okay, and then you guys have a business partner. Yeah, Jared. So Jared is Peter's best friend since they were... Like five. Okay. Um, and they grew up in, I always say this wrong, the region. Oh, yeah. My husband, my husband grew up in Crown Point. Yeah. That's where they're from. Yep. So they grew up together, played soccer together, went to college together. They went to college at IUPUI. And when we were looking to open a gym, um, I wanted to go back south to be with my family, but that market was already super saturated. Mm-hmm. I wanted to move to the Carolinas, same thing. And there was not a single downtown CrossFit gym yet. So it was like all Fishers, Carmel, mm-hmm. and it was right around the time of the Super Bowl. And so we said, hey, let's find some real estate. Peter still had a job while we were looking for real estate. I was still working for Lululemon, so Jared would literally take a mega bus down here, scope real estate, come back. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we moved down here kind of as like a strange polyamorous couple. And <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is Jared single? No, he's married to one of my best friends. Okay. We share a backyard. Okay, I want to get to that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get to that piece because I'm so interested in it. And then our dogs um, were left at the gym about a year after we opened. They were just abandoned. Oh. And they're brothers. So okay. we share a yard. Our dogs are brothers. It's a non-sexual polyamorous family. <laughs> you aren't. So you aren't swingers. <laughs> we, are, we are not swingers. We just love each other platonically. That's so awesome. Yeah. What's that like? What was that like starting a business with your... Were you guys married yet? We weren't married yet. Um, 
we, it was really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. I mean, it still is really fun. It's really hard, but easy, easy doesn't mean happy. Yeah. So, um, it was really fun and really hard and we were young and dumb enough to like put in so many hours Mm -hmm. and especially Jared and Peter. I mean, I had another job. They were the ones at the gym from 5am to 9pm every day. Um, and sometimes longer, but it was just fun. And Indianapolis is so fun. Like we have, I didn't, I'd never been here before. We just up and moved here. And like the community is just so fun to build because you can make it, you can make a change here. Mm-hmm. You can actually have an effect on people. And that was probably the most fun in like getting it started and, and still is. I always say that. I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes, but Indianapolis is such a small, big city. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so many of the same people. I bet, I bet without even talking, aside from Maggie and Cindy, you and I probably know like 30 other people in Indianapolis that run around in different crowds. Oh, for sure. Mutually, for, for sure. sure. Um, so then you opened a yoga studio too. And then tell me about the Swift. Tell me about how it's all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I um, was working for Lululemon, and it was my first job out of college, and honestly, I have nothing but deep love for that company and joke that I'll work for them again, um, and probably will, but it, you know, you go, you hit a phase where you're like, I need something new, mm-hmm. so I um, quit and wanted to work at the gym, but we weren't in that place, and I ended up getting a job at Salesforce, and Cindy was my boss, so that's oh, how we got to know okay. each other, and Maggie obviously works for Salesforce, so... I started working there um, when it was still Exact Target and had an incredible but very short career there. And then uh, knew always that my passion was here. Um, I just love our members. I love our community. And so when we, I guess kind of backtracking, when we first moved here, I didn't have any friends. And (laughs) I love yoga. So I was like, well, I'll do a yoga teacher training and I'll just see where it goes. I'd always written in my goals to be a studio owner, but ironically, never written to be a yoga teacher. And if you're like a Lululemon person, you'll know that they're big on goals. It's like this big goal setting thing. And that's all big on Jackie's things that she does. So keep going though. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I like reset goals every day. Yes. That's awesome. Um, so I went through teacher training at city yoga, ended up loving teaching, started a couple classes at our CrossFit location and they were packed. Like Mm. people just kept coming and, um, we did this 30 day free yoga Thanksgiving challenge and there was somebody every single class and most of the time they were super filled. So we thought, well, the life cycle of a CrossFitter is interesting because, you know, not that you're, I don't want to say that your risk of getting injured is higher because it's not. It's actually incredibly low in comparison to specialty sports, but the popular thought is that it's like highly injurious and that's not true at all. But I do think that you go through phases as an athlete with, with CrossFit and you need more focus on mobility because of all the strength work. Mm. So it was a really nice compliment that you could take a break for a day or two and hit up a yoga class and you don't have to pay any extra fees. It's all a part of your gym. So we started to think like, well, maybe we should build on this idea because this would really help our athletes. Um, I love teaching and maybe there are more people that would come to CrossFit if they knew there was this other offering that supplements their training. So we kind of got going with that. And, um, a couple of my girlfriends wanted to do some training for their weddings and there are specific ask was I don't want to bulk up. I don't Mm. want to be lifting heavy weights, which is also a bit of a misperception, but, but I got what they were saying. So I was like, well, let's just do like, let's just do high interval training that has the CrossFit methodology in line with it. So that's kind of how Swift came about. I loved it. And we were also looking for something that, you know, some days you come into a CrossFit class, you're doing a back squat for an hour, which is totally boring if you're not like all bought in. Mm. So Swift is, you know, when you don't want to do those workouts, you've got a 45-minute Metcon high-intensity workout that you can zip into, and it supplements your training in that way, too. So Does Swift stand for anything? Um, or is it just... I think we at one time said it was Sweat with Indy for Time. Oh. Uh, but the, the whole, like, name came about, like, it's just supposed to be faster. In, oh, okay. And so you made it up. Are fast. Yeah, so we made yeah. it up. So it's our brand. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah. Is it anywhere else? It is only here. Now, are you the only one that teaches it? 
No, we have um, all of our CrossFit coaches step in and coach it. So there are probably 14 coaches about. And that's, is that how many people you guys employ? We have, I'm probably wrong, but somewhere around 14 to 19 CrossFit coaches. And then we have about 14 yoga teachers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you meet most of them through your yoga teacher training or like, how did you bring on all these yoga instructors? I met a lot of them through Lululemon. Okay. So one of my, two of my oldest standing teachers, an old quote, air quotes, <laughs> um, 30 years old for a studio, but uh, Pervy Patel, who also, Lippincott, who also teaches around the city, and then Lily Mack, who currently lives in California, but I'm I'm coaxing her back to the Midwest. Um, they, <laughs> the Midwest? The Midwest. I met them both through Lululemon, and then it was just some connections through all of that that I met all my other teachers and and they're all just unbelievable people yeah. and teachers so when I walked so when we walked in here you guys had a yoga class going out and everybody walked out and everybody's like hey Shannon <laughs> and I well and this is part of the reason I started this podcast because I just love this human connection but like I loved so much that everybody just kind of knew each other and was hugging and whoever that guy was, was borrowing your car to go fix something, (laughs) you know, like I was like, this is community. I love it so much. Yeah. That's really, I mean, all of it is obviously about fitness, but you and I both had children, like which teaches you the phases of the body. You know, it's, we're never going to be the athlete we were when we were 16. Um, and CrossFit and yoga and, and definitely Swift are all about community really because at the end of the day your athleticism is going to change and Mm -hmm. evolve based off of what you're going through in your life but community is such a mortar for keeping you in that healthy lifestyle and so we really work to cultivate community and I think we we stand for it by sharing yards business (laughs) owners so uh, yeah so do you how much how often do you crossfit um, so I try to I try to do something six days a week. I usually end up crossfitting about four to five days a week. Okay. And then I do my own practice three to four times a Yoga. week. Yoga. Mm-hmm. Is that jumping into somebody else's class or do you just do it by yourself? So right now I'm doing a training out in LA um, every other month. Okay. Which is a week long each time I go. So I have had less availability to be in class. Ideally, I'm in someone's classes, uh, but for right now, I've been doing a lot of home practice to keep up with my curriculum in California. How much of a crossover is there with yoga and CrossFit? I feel like you're kind of unique in what you're doing. Yeah, I think they're much more similar than, than first meets the eye. I think they're both curious about human potential. Hmm. So yoga, if, if we look at the goals of yoga, are to become enlightened and by some definitions to become immortal or to understand immortality. And CrossFit is trying to push the boundaries of human potential while you're in this body, in this mm. life. And I, I think those are kind of saying the same thing. It's like we, we want to be the best versions of ourselves. We want to be the highest version of ourselves in order to be the best that we can in this life. Um, so I think I've always seen that crossover and, um, I also think that they both are striving to improve the self from the outside in. So if we think about yoga as postural yoga, which is what most Americans are going to think about when I say I do a yoga practice, they're going to think about the poses. That is a way to tap into a deeper part of me. And you know, CrossFitters will say the same thing. They get in this zone and they feel um, just very empowered and connected to themselves and so it's using the modality of exterior to interior that they both use to to access that that best self okay so this is me being not very well versed in yoga tell me what you mean by the immortal thing that you were saying about yoga (laughs) yeah yeah so again it it depends on the school of thought so someone might be listening and they're like this is bs but um yoga originally wasn't the postures so yoga if if we go back and we look at the texts it's much more about accessing the divine within ourselves and being able to connect the divine within ourselves with with the actual divine that we are we are a part of something greater okay um so the immortality is that you know this body 
this body is not permanent, but what's within us is permanent. And if we can access that, we'll quote unquote live forever. It's like a distilled version of that. Okay. So this is a personal question and I don't usually always talk about this, but now I'm just curious. Do you believe in God? I do, but I was an atheist before I started practicing yoga. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What, what do you believe? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. I love talking about this. Yeah. um, I think faith is so beautiful. My, to give some background, my mom is Jewish and my okay. dad is Southern Baptist. So I was raised um, a little confused. <laughs> I had a bat mitzvah, and, but, and, I, and I had a Jewish wedding, and, and I also celebrated Christmas and Easter. And so I was really confused for a long time. And um, so just like wrote it off as it was all BS. And when I started practicing yoga, I was going through a difficult time in my life. I was I had an eating disorder, I was a dancer, and it it just showed me that what was on the outside was less important than than what was trying to speak from the inside and that whole thing led me to my inquiry about what is God, is God real? And you know, the the yoga practice invites us to see a light in one another. So I think the word God is touchy. But I, I know that there's something between you and I just having this conversation that's more than just our eyes looking at each other and our and our skin. You know, there's a, there's a light yeah. that's obviously, or an energy even, that's obviously here. And the longer you practice yoga, I, I truly feel you, you tap into that. And so I am deeply spiritual and... And believe that everybody that is religious or spiritual, we're all trying to say the same thing. Yeah. And everybody's trying to say, say that love is unconditional. Say that you know there's there's something greater than ourselves. And and what a beautiful thing that we're all trying to say that. It's just difficult when we can't when we can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. What do you believe happens when we die? I, I love that question. <laughs> like, I'm like in like deep inquiry in that. Yeah. I, I think a part of me believes in reincarnation. Yeah. There's this interesting um, there's this interesting conversation that you know when babies if you you have children um, if an infant is crawling off of something they'll instantly have a reflex. Mm. But if they've never fallen before, why would they have a reflex? Mm. And so that has always kind of kept me in the school of thought that like, we definitely come back. Mm -hmm. Like there's that energy never dies. And so I'm, I'm kind of in that school of thought. And then I'm kind of in the, like, how the hell will we ever know? I don't know. I know. (laughs) It's, I know. I'm like constantly trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. Um, and I've been reading like Rob Bell's books and I listen to his podcast and I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. And I always tell my husband, I was like, well, the only reason I'm really scared to die is because I just, I feel like I'm not a hundred percent. Right. And I just want to know. Right. I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I feel like energy can't die. So even if it's not reincarnation, something happens, yeah. you know, like whether it's just like we become compost and, <laughs> and we're recontributing in that way. I don't know. I, I, I think that's why I keep practicing yoga is because I think it for me tries to answer why are we here mm-hmm. and and what happens when we're not and and what's my purpose like those three questions I'm I'm asking every day so I love that you asked that well good I like that um okay so let's move on from the deep deep discussion of, of <laughs> life and death and God family you have a 20 month old mm-hmm. Magnolia. Magnolia but I heard you calling her Mag is that what you guys call her Call her Mags, Maggie Jean. Her name's Magnolia Jean. So we we call her whatever comes out. And you named her that because you're a big Southerner. Big Southerner. I love Magnolias, the flower. I live and die by the play and movie Steel Magnolias. Um, when she was born, we passed out pins that say "I slapped Louisa Boudreaux," um, which was in the film. So yeah, Julia Roberts. Yeah, Julia yeah. Roberts. Yep. Um, Sally Fields. Yep. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. And you guys have five chickens. We have five chickens. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Do you did you build the coop? We had a couple lovely members from our gym really build us a coop Aww, for our wedding. That is the sweetest thing ever. It it is one of the like greatest reminders every day of like how lucky we are. To that, yeah, because that's no joke building a chicken coop. And it's stunning. Our first one was like. <laughs> LOL joke. It was the ugliest thing. And my husband and I just like jerry rigged this thing in our, our first house backyard. And, uh, 
and our friend Dave, like, knows a lot about building, came over, orchestrated the whole thing, and it's beautiful. So we have five chickens, we do it for the eggs, um, which is funny, because now I'm kind of toying with the idea of being vegan, vegetarian, mm. and so that's awkward, but, <laughs> but I love eggs. And Dude, you could sell those eggs. I buy eggs from people like you all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. they're so good. Yes. Like, there's just nothing like no, fresh eggs. there's not. Like, I... I have probably talked about this on this podcast in at least 10 episodes. (laughs) Like, if I go to the store and buy organic free-range eggs and compare it to eggs I buy from, you know, Shannon down the street who has five chickens, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. The the yolks are more yellow. Mm -hmm. And so our neighbors, uh, we get some from our neighbor's friend. And, I mean, I'm cleaning off poop off these eggs. The feathers still, I mean, they're, like, legit free-range. And they're so good. They're good, yeah. Um, And we don't eat meat. But we are not vegan, yeah. so I eat a ton of eggs because a lot of times I wake up in the morning, I'm just like craving protein, and that's yeah. how I get it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Is I don't eat, I don't eat meat every day, but I I have eggs every day. Yeah, I love them. I do too. Um, did you name your chickens? We haven't named these yet. These are new. Oh, okay. They're they're um, relatively new. One of them we named after uh, the movie Moana. We named hmm. the chicken Hey Hey after the Hey chicken. Hey Hey Hey. I love that. But the other ones are nameless. We, um, the school across the street from us where my son was going to pre-K last year, they hatch chickens, like, in their classroom and everything, and the chickens are across the street, like, we can see them from our front porch, and we kind of took care of them for a couple weeks this summer and got to know the chickens, but my question is, because I've always kind of thought, oh, this would be fun, I don't want to clean up that poop. Oh, yeah. Who does that? I do. You do? My husband does. You guys, you share the duty? We share the duty. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of part of the game. Yeah. You got to accept that there's going to be poop on everything. Yeah. I mean, there's poop everywhere. Yeah. There's poop all over. So you scoop it up and what do you do with it? We usually throw it away. Yeah. You could could compost compost it, it, but we don't. We just throw it away. Okay. So the other thing I'm super interested in, well, first of all, you have your dog. Brendel. Brendel. Hi, Brendel. Yeah. Who you said was just found at your first CrossFit studio that you guys opened mm-hmm. or gym or whatever. And she's sitting with us right now for this interview, which is like super sweet. But you guys share a backyard with your best friends. We do. So tell me how that came about when you guys were searching for your home and all that. So Jared had a townhouse has um now our other friend lives in it um who also went to high school with them and is no that like childhood just like them eric is who borrowed our car earlier okay and they've been friends as well for five years he works for us okay uh, we have another employee who's been one of their best friends so it's just like a strange cult um so jared lived at like 16th no 10th and something and we bought our house right after we got married and the woman next to us was selling her house, and we told Kayla and Jared, like, you guys, you guys should move here. Like, this would be amazing. Do, this. Do it. Thinking, like, there's no way. And there have been a ton of offers on the house. It's a great house. And we sent our neighbor a text, and we're just like, hey, like, our friends are going to look at the house. Like, if you like them, you know, do us a solid and let them have the offer. And This is the exact amount they're offering, so you, <laughs> yeah, know, which, so you know which offer it is. Exactly. <laughs> So they got the house. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! When we when we first when they first moved in, like the fence had um, it was home improvement, you know, like uh, the neighbor uh-huh. whatever, Wilson. Wilson, yes. Yeah. So it was like a fence that high, and we cut uh, a door in between, like a giant Aww. door, and we just leave it open. So my daughter loves to run in their yard and play in their and yard. And do they have kids? They don't have. No. Kids. Okay. So she's basically their child. Mm-hmm. Um, so our dogs run back and forth, and and two of our other members live on the other side of us. So, and then a couple of our other members live on the street. So it's a fun neighborhood. Yeah, and um, I was just listening to this other podcast, and it was so funny because I was when I was sitting in the car before you got here. I always like to listen to another podcast when I'm prepping for interviews, a conversation style one, just to get me kind of like in the in the zone. Yeah. And the woman that was being interviewed, though, said, oh, I live on a commune. Like, kidding? Right. She was like, I do, but I don't. Like, we bought a lot, a single-family lot, and us and two of our best friend couples all built houses literally, like, on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And they all share this space. And the whole conversation, they kept talking about community and the importance of that. And she's like, little things like, 
I walked out to my car and my tire was flat. My husband wasn't home. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, so-and-so's husband just fixed it for me because he happened to be there. Just kind of like the beauty and having that community. And what you can get when you're in proximity with someone Mm -hmm. as opposed to even being three miles up the street. Well, just like, you know, my family's not here. And Peter's family's in northern Indiana. So we don't... Our family is our community and, and is our friends here. And, like... Finding somebody to watch my daughter yeah. real quick. They're there. If, if we, if they need someone to watch their dog, we're right there. We have family dinners every once in a while. I love that. It's just so nice. I mean, I, I like, I know that that it will not be forever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you know life will happen, but it's just been the most lovely surprise. And I'm also highly introverted. I, I'm, I'm an extrovert when okay. I'm at work because I love people, but I have to like power down. So I, I don't do a lot if I'm not at work and so it's lovely to have like my best friend if I do want to spend some time Mm -hmm. with somebody she's right there (laughs) yeah well and that and and there's something to be said for um just not always having to schedule time to see each other yeah because it doesn't have to be a huge we're hanging out for three hours type thing but even just a 10 minute chat yeah yeah and just yeah to know like if I just wanted to go sit on the couch with somebody and like not make eye contact and just drink a glass of wine. (laughs) Yeah. Like your husband's out of town right now. And it's like, you need a little adult interaction. Exactly. Um, I was thinking that yes, no, two days ago, I, my boys were just fighting and everybody was going crazy. And I literally just laid on the floor and screamed. And then I started crying. I'm not kidding. And so then my biggest like gets on top of me and just like hugs me. And he's like the culprit. Like he's the one that's the fight instigator. And I'm like, Okay, is this what I need to do? Should I fake cry more often to, like, get you to come to me? But I really, like, I literally laid there. And it's not that I don't have, like, a network of friends or family, but I was like, I just I just need somebody. Like, I just want to talk to someone. I don't want to text my husband. I don't want to call him and complain to him while he's at work right now. Like, he knows this is hard. He knows this more than anybody else because he, you know, is with these kids too. But I I just kind of felt like I don't have anybody to call because nobody wants to calling complaint about these kids but if I had you know a neighbor literally right next door that I could just walk to their house and been like I just need to like breathe for a minute mm-hmm. can you just like go stand in my yard <laughs> for five minutes just make sure they're alive and I just need yeah. To, yeah and our neighbor she's amazing but she's like 75 year old Polish woman and she would have just been like <gasps> you know um and I know I can count on her for any anything really but um yeah just the whole sharing backyard with your best friend I am like so intrigued by that and just the whole community thing. I love it so much. Well, thank you. It's a, we are, we're lucky people. We say that every day. We are truly blessed people. All right, you guys. Don't forget to check out Kind Snacks. I'm loving what they're doing. And you guys can get a sample box of 10 Kind Snacks delivered to your door. If you just go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay, all you have to do is pay the shipping, which is $5.99. This is a good, clean, healthy snack for you and your family. I actually put a Kind bar in my son Marshall's lunch today. So check out Kind Snacks, kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. And if you're local to the Indianapolis area or anywhere around the surrounding area, check out the Indie Mini Mini. It's for kids ages 5 through 12 on Sunday, September 17th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And the registration's $15. You can get $3 off if you use the code ANOTHER17. And don't forget, tickets to the live show are on sale. The live show is Saturday, September 30th. Downtown Indianapolis, come run the Indianapolis Women's Half Marathon or 5K with us and then celebrate at the after party. When you register for the live show, I will send you a personal email with a code for $15 off the half marathon or $5 off the 5K. I cannot wait to celebrate with you guys. Every time I get a new ticket sale come through, I get so excited. It's going to be so much fun. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Shannon. Okay, so what's your favorite thing about owning a business with your husband? I think like one of the reasons I one of the reasons I left such an awesome job at Salesforce was because as corny as it sounds like if there's anybody I want to spend all day with, it's my husband. And I hated, you know, getting up in the morning, seeing him for maybe an hour, leaving, maybe seeing him for an hour or two in the evening and then doing it all over again. So one of the best things is like, I just get to see him all the time. And anyone that 
marriage isn't hard, I would, I would love to hear how it's not hard for them. <laughs> it's so hard. It's hard. And I think working together, we, we don't, we are not allowed to like mask our problems. Mm. We have mm-hmm. to talk about it. We have to be in conversation and like as stressful as that might sound to some people, it's so rewarding because we, we have the difficult conversations that I think many people just avoid having and we have them in the moment when it happens. And it's just, it's like a friendship that I, I couldn't even begin to understand before it's even like being in love with that person. And as you know, having kids, like your love changes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just so cool that we get to be in conversation about the constantly revolving door of relationship and the different shifts that we go through. And so I think just being together all the time is so fun and, and being able to truly work together as a team through thick and thin. I mean, I, it's just so fun and it's so hard. And, but in, again, like easy doesn't mean happy. That's so good. I love that. Do you have a shirt that says that? <laughs> I should. Is that your motto? I should make that. You should. Like you a... have cute tank tops out there. <laughs> yeah. Get that trademark. I know. That's kind of true. Yeah. So I think like that is really fun. And I think I, we are complete opposites. Mm, complete opposites. Interesting. So it's really fun to work with him because he's so analytical. He's so the finance guy and the rigor of, of that kind of thing. And I'm more of the creation mm-hmm. and... So it's really neat to, to see us play off each other's strengths all the time. I wondered who was what part. Like, who did the book work and the finance and the boring stuff? Defo, not me. <laughs> I went to school for dance, so I can count to eight, and then it's like a weird loop. Well, it's that's funny, because with this podcast, I'm always like, hey, Glenn, here's all the things that's going on. Here are my sponsors. Like, here's... Here are my babysitting hours. Here's everything that's going out and everything that's coming in. Like, can you please just put a spreadsheet together and, like, de- very detailed month to month. Like, that, I don't want to have anything to do with it, but I need to see where we're going here. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see the details. So he does. He sends me a spreadsheet, like, once a month, and he's like, here's where you're at. This is what's happening. Perfect. That's so lovely. Yes. But, you know, I always say this, too, because we're not in business together. He has, like, a, you know, eight-to-five job um, doing finance, actually. Oh. Um, but I feel like when, A, I'm a stay-at-home mom, but B, when you start your own kind of side business or whatever, I mean, especially if you're home with your kids most days, I mean, your husband or your partner has to buy in mm-hmm. because there are going to be lots of hours in the evenings or weekends when he's not at work that I'm like, okay, it's my turn to work, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I see no reason why he can't kind of like be a partner in my business in some way, shape, or form. So I'm like, you're the finance manager. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's so much... So much more fun. My my dad is an ER doc, and my mom doesn't practice medicine anymore. But she balances the books mm-hmm. for his group and and does like a large part of their admin. And I'm sure, they argue a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. but it since she's taken that role on, like their marriage has just grown so much because you've got to be in conversation all the time. And yeah, it's 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 so fun and so challenging. And I like challenge so. So this is a question that you're not allowed to ask people, but you put it out there, so I'm I'm allowed to ask you. Yes, you can ask me. You said you want to have three more kids. Yes, I do. I do. I God, children are so interesting. I um, well, first of all, I'm I'm not really like a secrets person. I don't really I don't really have any secrets to be honest. I had two miscarriages this okay. year. Oh wow. Okay. And um, and so I've always wanted four kids. My husband wants three lol uh so we'll just see how that plays out (laughs) um but i had i had this first miscarriage at the probably like december january time frame and then just recently in may and and i think like what a gift they were because i realized i wasn't ready to be a mother yet again again and it's made me even more excited like to now think I think at the time I just wanted to be pregnant to say like my kids were a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. apart Mm -hmm. instead of just like the joy of having more children and so now that I'm kind of out of that space I'm just so excited to give my daughter a sibling and I'm so excited to give that sibling a sibling Mm -hmm. and I mean I really hope for four I hope I hope to have three of my own and then adopt a child okay um but we'll see I'm super intrigued by adoption and fostering and that whole deal. Um, It scares me a lot. And I've talked to other people on this podcast about, you know, other adoptive mothers. Um, What's your, what's your poll to want to do that? I just feel like, um, 
I feel like life's unfair. Mm-hmm. And and it, it just is so unfair when you're young. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're not given a fighting chance. And I just, I've been given so many chances and I have such wonderful parents and such a wonderful family. And I just, if a child isn't, isn't given that, that just sucks. That just it makes sucks. me so sad. Yeah. I, I will say this without trying to cry because I like can cry at the drop of the hat where I'm at at this time of the month, but (laughs) this is just all true. But I told my husband that the other day, I said, I seriously feel like an inkling of sadness almost every day when I think about when I'm tucking my kids in and I think about a three-year-old or a five-year-old that is in the foster care system Mm -hmm. being bounced around that literally just does not have like Think about how safe and happy our kids feel when mm-hmm. we tuck them in at night. My son, every single night, we, you know, you do the same thing. You say the same routine. And I can just tell he's cozy under that blanket. And no matter what we've been through that day, like, he feels safe and loved. And it breaks my heart to think of kids his age. And I'm talking, like, adopting a kid that's, like, three or four. You know, someone mm-hmm. that's not a baby that is probably going to find a home. Right. But then... As I'm carrying Lewis, my second one, down the hallway in the middle of the night for the second time, and I've been up with Russ, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, could I do that? Like, do I have that in me? Like, mm-hmm. can, do I have, like, the, can I expand myself that much? Mm-hmm. But I know I could. Um, all that to say, I'm, I'm deeply terrified, and I know that you have to have 100% buy-in on both sides. Yeah. You know, your husband and yeah. you or your partner or whatever. And so... Um, yeah, whenever I hear other people like you say that, it it intrigues me and it inspires me and it encourages me that maybe if right now it's not happening, it doesn't mean it can't happen in five years. Oh, absolutely, or in or in ten years. Yeah, I mean, I have a friend back in Birmingham. Her parents, after she graduated college, adopted a child. Mm. They said, you know, we have the means, we have enough love in our hearts, and and we're young and young enough to take care of a child and we're healthy, like. Why can't we give somebody else a second chance? And um, that always reminds me too, like the timeline, you know, going back to our God thing, I, I think the timeline is always presented to you when it's the right time, if it's the right thing for you. And so I'm just holding court that when that's the right time and the right opportunity, it's going to present itself to me. Yeah, we had a, a babysitter, one of our first babysitters, who was Russian. And she has four American siblings, and her parents adopted her when she was 15. Wow. Yeah. And so she was in an orphanage in Russia. Wow. And, like, had her parents not adopted her, a 15-year-old in Russia, she would have just been left out of that, kicked out of that orphanage at 18, and who knows what her life would have turned into. For sure. That's incredible. I know. Yeah. I can't even wrap my head around. I'd love to meet her parents one day. Um, anyway, okay, so we're deep here on adoption and fostering <laughs> and God. Okay, so tell me, what's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Mm, um, professionally, I would like to, oh, it's kind of professionally and personally, I'd like to become a doula. Okay. I had a doula at my birth with Magnolia, and she's also a yoga teacher and a dear friend, Lisa Doherty, if you're looking for one, she's amazing. Um, but just her, just her as a person really inspires me and, um, and I'm inspired by mothers and I'm inspired by women. And so I think to be able to be there for somebody in one of the most challenging Mm. moments of their lives, like I would love to do that. Um, and I professionally and personally, I kind of don't have boundaries with that because I do what I love and I live with who I work with. Um, I, I want to see, both our coaches and our teachers just become the absolute best that they can be as teachers or whatever those goals are. I mean, and and that's true for our members. So I I think just cultivating a space of like best self for the people that I'm around is what I'm constantly curious about and, and how I can be the best guide for them to, to flourish and to be the best they can be. So two follow-ups, I'm assuming you had a natural birth. I did. 
hero status. <laughs> oh, hell no. So I had I had a natural birth because I wanted a natural birth, but I was given Pitocin. Okay, ouch. And if that ever happens again, like, whatever drug and whatever, uh-uh. like, gun you want to shoot it at me with, like, come on. Yeah. that was... Ouch. That was insane. The second you get that Pitocin, it hurts. It was insane. Yeah. It was dumb. I was on a girls weekend this weekend with three of my friends, and my friend Brittany is 35 weeks pregnant. She has a two-and-a-half-year-old. And I, she was talking about her birth, and she had a natural birth. And I'm thinking, I don't remember you ever telling me this, but I swear there's no way you haven't. And you were in labor for 36 hours. And I'm just sitting there with jaw to the floor because... <laughs> so I had a C-section with my first, and then epidural with the other two. Like, I... Not my thing to go natural. Oh, like, man. Never wanted to. Um, but, man, the second those contractions started with my second... I was an embarrassed little baby because I was, like, screaming so loud. And my nurse said something to me that made me feel a lot better. She said, look, this hurts no matter what, but you are not prepared for this. And I wasn't trying to go natural, but she was like, it's okay that you feel out of control because, like, you did not prepare your body or your mind to breathe right, to handle this. I mean, and the epidural came within, like, 45 minutes, which thank God seems like a really long time. (laughs) But then I talked to Brittany, my friend, about it, and she was like, yeah. She was like, I mean, I prepped for that Mm -hmm. those feelings so hardcore and so the other interesting piece here is that my other friend there is an ob nurse and she says the most frustrating thing as an ob nurse is when someone comes in and says they want to go natural and they've done no research and no prep yeah i bet that would be so frustrating which you had a doula so obviously you did yeah i did and and i think like however you get your baby as long as that baby's healthy who cares yeah i wanted to know i mean I've talked a couple times about, like, human potential. Right. I wanted to know what I was made of. Jeez. (laughs) So now that you've done it, though, like, are you scared to do it again? I mean, I think, you know, they always say your second comes faster. True. So I think I, as long as I'm not given Pitocin, I mean, I don't know what it would be like to labor without it because I labored for 10, 12 hours on um, something else and my water broke. Mm. So I wasn't having, like, full-on contractions. So I don't know. I mean, I just, I hope for three more healthy kids and if they come if they come augmented with me on drugs great (laughs) if I'm like squatting in the middle of this room and heroing it out great like I I have less of an opinion after doing it than I did before I did it yeah that's a really good point um well anybody that goes natural I'm just like I I can remember those contractions thinking running marathons is really easy <laughs> because I cannot, I feel like this is an out of body experience. Like I, I, I think, can't control it. I think if anything, you know, whether you have an epidural or you don't like women are just incredible. Like what, even though you are sedated on an epidural, what your body is mm-hmm. doing is just Isn't that insane? unbelievable. Like it just made me just so like I go in and out of like I wish I were a man phase, it right? Because like so they don't have to do the hard shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, God, being a woman is I'm cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I know. I it's funny because when your kids get bigger too, like I always talk to that about that with my son. You know, he sees the little ones growing in my belly, and like mm-hmm. the fact that he can like he doesn't really wrap his head around it, but just like I grew in there. There's a human in me. That is insane. <laughs> Okay, so if you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Oh, man. That's such a great question. I think I have too many. You have one sign outside of your house or outside of your CrossFit studio. I have so many tattoos, and yet... Yeah, I mean, I think part of me wants to say, like, just... The tattoo on one of my arms is, um, May all beings be happy, healthy, and free. I think just being in pursuit of your happiest, healthiest, best life, I, I wish the world would know that we're all entitled to that. Mm. And that I hope that everyone pursues that. Whatever that is, without boundary, without shoulda, woulda, couldas, you know, really in pursuit of who we are supposed to be. I hope that everybody finds that. That's my, my deepest wish for the world. How do you get your heart set on what tattoo you want? Ah! Um... <laughs> That's a cool tattoo. Well, I have one that says y'all, and I have... Oh, just for your southern roots? Yeah, so it's kind of random. I got one after I had my second miscarriage for my daughter, so it's a magnolia. Um, A lot of them are quotes that I love. I have this too shall pass. That's a good um, one. To life. Mm. So they're usually just something that I'm, like, constantly saying that I just want to... And this one on your arm, what language is that? 
It's Sanskrit. Okay, and then are your other ones in Sanskrit? The other some of quotes? them are in Hebrew. Some of them are in English. How many do you have? I probably have um, like probably like eight. <laughs> Does your husband have tattoos too? He just has. We have our wedding rings. Oh, oh, I love that. Yes, yeah, so he's his wedding ring. Too. Do you ever wear an actual ring? Rarely, probably like once a year. Okay, so I don't know why you have me talking so much because this interview is for you. But I wear this ring. Is my grandma my grandma's wedding ring? I have a wedding ring and an engagement ring that's like cost way too much money that I got when I was like 24, you know? Right. And it sits in my dresser and I'm so conflicted all the time because I'm like, this is just sitting in there and like, I feel like I should like do something with it because it's just sitting there. And my mom's like, yeah, but like you can give it to Mm -hmm. your sons to gift to their fiance, you know, in the future and stuff like that. Because I literally, I keep meaning to get by a gold band, but I just wear my grandma's simple little ring every day. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's all I want to wear. That's all I, I, I love it more than my ring. And it's like, you know, like a fourth of the of size. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always funny too, because so I'm 33 and we got married when we were 25 and I always look back now and I'm like, why on earth did I care about that diamond? But I cared, <laughs> I cared at the time. I did. I mean, 25, I, I would have cared. Yeah. You know, I definitely would have cared. And now I'm like, I don't, why, whatever. It's an age thing, I think. My babysitter just got engaged, and she's got pictures of her ring all over her Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Lindsay, you were there. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. I wear my great-grandmother's. I have one uh, tiny band. It has, like, broken stones in it. Oh. But if I wear a band, I wear that. Yeah. Because it's special in yeah. some way. Yeah. Um, what are you loving right now? Everything. I'm like so. Well, what's where's that shirt from? Because it's super cute. Well, everything I wear is from Lululemon. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. This is all Lululemon. I don't think I've bought clothes. I, I buy from two Canadian companies, Lululemon and Aritzia. Okay. Um, obsessed with Aritzia, but I wear regular clothes once a year. It's the same time I wear my wedding ring. Um, what am I loving right now? I love Moana. We watch mm. Moana every day. I've gotten more into like the gemstones, so I've just got an amethyst necklace from Silver in the City. Cute. And um, I can't remember what they're called now, but Onahata, I think, is or Onaha is a store. I'm trying to think what their original name was. They were on Mass Ave, they just moved, but they have these incense that have glitter on the bottom of them, which means nothing but just is prettier. So I love their incense and Jason's. Do you burn incense? I do. I meditate in the morning before my daughter gets up. What time do you get up? Uh, usually six. Okay. Six, what time does she get up? Seven. Okay, so you give yourself, how long do you meditate? Ten minutes. And you just kind of like sit there with the incense and deep breathe and try to get yeah. zen? Yeah, I have an app, Insight Timer, so I love that. Okay. It's a free app. Um, you can do a timed meditation or you can do a guided meditation. So I ping pong between those two um, and just like get myself prepared for the day and get, you know. Are you a coffee sanity. drinker? I'm a huge coffee drinker. So do you, okay, so what do you start your day with? As far as drink-wise. I drink a glass of lukewarm water with lemon, and then I drink at least two cups of coffee. Same. Yeah. I do the same thing. I should go lukewarm. I don't know why I do hot water, though. Well, so the yoga Uh perspective is it depends. Okay. It depends. It depends on your dosha, which I don't know what your dosha would be, but I would guess. Dosha me. How do you figure it out? You might be very similar to me, which would be like a pit of vata, so a lot of, like, fire in you. Okay. Um, So the... If you've got a lot of fire in you, you don't want to drink hot things because you're already, like, kind of a hot person. Okay. Inside and out. Got it. Um, so I drink lukewarm. That's, like, I don't know. That's an argument. That would, take, that would take less time to warm up, so maybe I should move, move I just, to that. I pour the water over my lemon before I go to bed, and I leave it at my nightstand. Oh. And it's ready to go. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Because I always creep down the stairs, and I, I burnt, turn it on the stove top and, yeah. and heat it up that way. This should just... It's ready to go. That's good. Mm-hmm. I probably do that. Well, I do that every day unless I'm like doing like a race or something like that where I don't want to like fill my belly with yeah. like lots of liquid because I can't skip the coffee. Right. So no. then do you drink your coffee black? Drink my coffee black. I buy it from Birmingham. It's a small roaster in Birmingham called O'Henry's. 
Um, Do you sh- get it shipped here? I get it shipped here. I'm a, I'm so you're obsessed. kind of a coffee snob. I'm a compl- I'm not even kind of. I'm a complete coffee snob. Okay. I you know no hate to those that love Starbucks, but it's a last resort for me. Okay. And so you do two cups in the morning. Do you do any afternoon coffee? It depends. It yeah. depends on how long the day is. Um, Thursday, I usually have a client in the early morning, and then I keep teaching and coaching till late in the evening. So those days, it's like another one in the middle of the day, or green tea, or still black coffee something. though. Yeah. Okay. If I put anything, it's like whole milk or cream, but no sugar. Okay. I'm big into putting chocolate milk in my coffee. Mm, yeah. I've always like thought about that. Yeah. That's so funny. It's just like a kind of a homemade mocha. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I just put like, just like how much milk you would put in. I just do chocolate milk. That's so funny. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I love it. It makes it like kind of a treat. Yeah. And it's not super like chocolate. And you know, it's not like, I mean, chocolate milk has a lot of sugar in it, but it's not a ton. Yeah. I mean, it's not anything more than whatever. Kramer whatever is. is yeah. Kramer. Um, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Uh, Radical Candor. Okay. I just got done with that. It's about um, feedback. It's about how to give feedback that's meaningful and feedback that's kind, um, or not necessarily even kind, but feedback that's useful. Okay. Um, And I just loved it. It was written by an amazing woman. She worked for Twitter, Apple. Like, her insights and what her career has been are just astounding. And it just really makes you think, like, we, I love the conversation we're having because I'm, I hate fluff conversations mm. and, you know, we rarely say the things we really mean sure. and that can really hold people back. Um, so it's a tremendous book, Radical Candor. Okay. I suggest it. Good. Um, and I always put the links to all this stuff in the show notes. Uh, what shows are you into? Mm, I'm watching Twin Peaks from 1990 right now. Okay. I've never heard of that. It's, it's hysterical and also awesome. It was a two series like murder mystery um lost meets the okay. x-files okay yeah so it's really good okay good um what are your favorite nonprofits to support nonprofits i've done volunteer work over the years for indie humane i mean i love i love a good rescue dog even better when they show up on my door right that's where we got our dog <laughs> yeah i love the children's museum i was just there this oh, morning yeah. and i just think what a tremendous organization and my daughter, like, truly, their slogan is, like, you know, we're changing the lives of people in Indianapolis. And they really are. Like, she, yeah. her little eyes just light up. And so I love uh, the Children's Museum. Uh, we do a donation-based class here. Okay. Every quarter at our yoga studio. Uh, we just did one for one of our clients is partnered with someone called Water Aid, um, who help with water assistance in different countries that need clean water. Um, the Mara Elephant Project. There's a yoga teacher named Ashley Fezenfeld up at the yoga studio. Good, good uh, friend of mine and an incredible teacher. They are an organization in Africa who basically put tracking devices on elephants. And if anyone poaches the elephants, um, they know right away mm. and confiscate the ivory before it can make it to the market. It also keeps the elephants out of the farmer's land. So the farmers don't end up killing the elephants. So they, they buzz um, bees in the, like a sound from the thing in the ears of the elephant that keeps them from going into the farmer's land. Oh. So it keeps the elephants alive. It keeps the farmer's land um, intact and it keeps poachers away. Wow. It's incredible. Who thought to do that? Just some like psycho genius. Yeah, that's crazy. I love that you say that about the Children's Museum too because... I, I, I'd like to say I don't take it for granted mm-hmm. that we have like one of the best children's museums in the country mm-hmm. and it's like a half a mile outside of my doorstep. It, it's like, it's just incredible, but I take advantage of it. I know. I forget that it's so right. awesome until I go in there. I'm like, geez, geez like, this, this is, crazy. is amazing. People drive hours to come to this children's right. museum. And oftentimes I just go at like 4 PM with the boys to kill an hour before right. my husband gets home. And we actually live so close that we get a free membership because we live in the neighborhood. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So like, I really take advantage of it. We that's don't pay time. Yeah. But now you're making me feel like I need to like support them in other well, ways. <laughs> we don't, if we lived in your neighborhood, we would take the free membership. We would take the free membership for sure. <laughs> Maybe I'll go, they have that adult swim or whatever. Yeah, they have that event. Yes. I've never been to it. It's a, it's one of the trendy Indianapolis nonprofit events, kind of like Zubilation. Though. Yes. I haven't been either. I've never been I'm hip to any of them. <laughs> I'm not hip enough, but I always like everybody's pictures. Yes. Um, and then last question, who are three of your favorite people to follow on social media? Ooh, favorite people to follow on social media. Um, Ariel, that I don't know what 
her job is, but she's hilarious. And uh, mm, 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 my yoga teacher in LA, Noah Maze. And one of my other yoga teachers, Carmen uh, Aguilar. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And your email answered all those, so I kind of knew. Because I like always said. That's what I said too. Yeah, I think oh, that, that's hilarious. But yeah, because I just looked over it in the car before we came in. Well, thank you so much for welcoming me to your studio. Of course. Thank you for having this conversation with me and being open to so having fun. an open conversation. I yeah. really appreciate it. I mean, this is so special. And I, one of the things I love so much about this podcast is that, like, I don't know that I would have met you. I maybe would have met you in passing at an event with Cindy or whatever, you know, whatever. Right. But, like, this is so cool. So Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Shannon, for coming on the show. You guys can find everything we talked about in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. Make sure you're following me along on Instagram, lindsayhine626, and Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine, and we also have a group going. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine group. So much going on. We also have a book club this summer. We are reading the book Eligible for the month of August, and we just finished Rhonda Rousey's book, My Fight, Your Fight, in July. I'm going to go ahead and do another book club in September as well because we're having so much fun with it. All right, you guys, have a great Friday, have a great weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.